0: Hello and welcome back to the Let's Watch Something podcast. I'm your host Juanita.
1: And I'm Justin.
0: Thank you for joining us on this podcast where we watch TV shows and movies and give our take on them from a mother and son's point of view. Today we'll be discussing season two, episode five of Apple TV's hit show Foundation, titled, Decided and the Scene. Well, Justin, I don't know about you but I really really enjoyed that particular episode and if you noticed I added an additional one little word to my introduction and I called it a hit show now I've been doing some research on you know critical reviews and just like regular people reviews and they're 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 very mixed because you know a lot of people have read the books and they're like panning it because the oh, the way that the show has you know straight away from the story that Isaac Asimov wrote but neither one of us has read the book, so, you know, we don't care.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I don't mind, you know, knowing that that's the case um, because I think that, you know, the two stories can be linked in a way but also be their own. And, you know, I still have – if, if people are saying that the show isn't necessarily following along with the books, I have respect for that because, you know, there's – as far as the things that I've read about what the books are doing, um, there's definitely some very important messages messages in the books. Yes. So I have respect for that. But I also like the show.
0: So yeah, and I agree with you because I don't I don't fault anybody for not liking the show. If you've read the books, of course you have a certain expectation of what you think it's going to be like. Um, but I think as television viewers and people who have read books and have seen movies that have been produced from books they're never quite exactly the same. So you just have to kind of give the producers and the directors and the writers their uh, leeway. But, you know, I don't fault anybody who's panning it, but I'm enjoying it. So, you know, with that being said, let's get right into it. We're going to start on uh, Trantor. Uh, we're going to start with what's going on on Trantor with um, Queen Sarath and her her little group of people doing their recon on you know, trying to figure out what happened, uh, when when Brother Day was on during the assassination attempt. So, you know, when I'm looking at this scene here, I'm feeling like she and Rue are having a bit of conflict because of the way she's talking to her, and you know, I don't know her facial expression. She's giving looks all the time. This 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 actress.
1: Yeah, she's um, she's definitely playing the part of Sarah that she's you know as w- as we have been saying this Sarah definitely has this um, mentality where she's just going to get what she needs to get and she's going to find a way to get it and yeah. you know yep. I think Rue based on whatever history they have between them is just like you know the unfortunate situation of what happened to your family is you know, changing in a way that I'm not sure that, you know, is good for the situation overall. So I think she just has some apprehension about that. And because she has her experience with Empire, she's, you know, definitely cautious of Sarah trying to go toe-to-toe with that.
0: Yeah, and we see here at the end of that particular little scene is that she has made up in her mind she's going to go and, basically do the recon herself she's going into his bedroom see what she can find out yeah that's that's a bold <laughs> plan a very bold plan you know what you know what let me just say this I love any scene with brother day and them because you just never know what's gonna pop off with these two
1: <laughs> yeah they they these these two you know i and and you say that and I wonder how much of even though this day that we're seeing in this season is seems to be like out of sorts and you know straying off the path I wonder how much of what we're seeing reflects what the first cleon you know the experience between the first cleon and demerzel
0: yeah what that would have looked like yeah if we'd known what how their relationship was yeah, I don't know I just feel like this this day is. He's just like you said, way off track. He's he is not being he's not being empirical to me. He's just very um, impetuous. He's not thinking about the things he's doing. And uh, of course, that's never going to be a good sign. So we see them talking and he's telling her that, you know, the girl's about to come over here. She wants to copulate. I thought that was God. hilarious line <laughs> <laughs> like he just so uh, <laughs> this is word I'm looking for. Formal, formal with it. Yeah, she wants yeah. to copulate, and so they discuss that whole thing. Yeah, well, you know, and then he, when when she finally does arrive in there, you know, she's trying to play everything off. So, I want to really be with you, and you know, and all that. So, yeah, but the,
1: the moment before she gets in there, before uh, Sarah gets in there, when Damorzel is like, "Think of me," I <laughs> right? She I don't does say that. <laughs> I don't know if the actress did it purposefully, but to me when she did that I was like, Oh my god, what
0: <laughs> think of me, right. Like the,
1: I don't know, the way she did that was almost cartoonish.
0: It was cartoonish. That whole little that whole little thing and then she she fist pumps him like as she's walking away. yeah I was she did a little like, fist pump
1: and a wink. I was like what?
0: Right. She is like she she fist pumped him like he's going into like a soccer game. Go on, go, you know, <laughs> I'm putting you in. <laughs> yeah Go score a goal for the team <laughs> <laughs> Basically mm-hmm. is what she's saying, you know. I, I wonder how much um how much influence she has over him in this decision that he's making to wed Queen Sarah, you know? Like what type of conversations have they had?
1: Oh, I can only imagine.
0: Yeah. Think of me. <laughs> yeah. It would. yeah, sometimes this show it kinda it for all its seriousness it kind of breaks away from that. You yeah, know and then his little his little leg shaking. Well, yeah. <laughs> Here comes Queen Sarah. So she pops in there all light as a feather. And then they have their little conversation about the pillows and whatnot. You know, on his bed and, you know. He's he's very uh, misogynistic because, you know, she wants to play her hand to be um, a strong woman. And when she gets on top of him, she's like, she's trying to like run the show. After she walks around, and just like examines everything.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, we we hear Brother um, Dusk say it later in the episode, but you know, we're we're seeing it now—the mm-hmm. domineering side of Day, and you know, Cleon's in general is you know taking over in this scene.
0: Mhm. Yeah, she tries to exert her authority just a little bit by getting on top of him, and then he he flips the switch and he flips her around to be underneath him. But that scene where he's trying to get her dress up was just hilarious. Yeah, he's struggling. (laughs) He 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 is on the struggle bus. Like, I guess he doesn't have to think about all that when he's doing a deed with uh, Demersault because she's just orchestrating everything. She probably got, like, some sort of... (laughs) She might have some sort of little, like, robotic little thing that comes up out from underneath her dress that just raises it up automatically. Oh, God. (laughs) (laughs) He doesn't have to worry about <laughs> doing all that stuff with her. But after he flips her over and just was like, he peeps her game. Like the one thing he says when they start talking about how her family was, you know, killed, he's like, you don't want to, you have no um, desire in me. And that's when he's like, you're just here to try to figure out what's, what happened.
1: Oh well, yeah, she is. I mean, I don't know. I'm 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 not sure after all of the interactions that they've had and I don't know maybe maybe this is just the clearest sign that he has had yet but I you know I don't know how he saw this as like oh she's just ready to go yeah like how did how did he get duped by this
0: I don't know I don't know but
1: maybe cuz he's just so desperate to get something rolling with this marriage with Sarah
0: Okay, so, right, exactly. So um, after they do, after, okay, so the funny thing, this scene where he peeps her game and then they have that little argument, well, it's not really a little argument because they're like literally spitting and oh, hollering yeah, in yeah. each other's faces. I'm like, these actors are really, they must have to really trust each other because I know if you put like a, a light behind what they were saying, just spit flying everywhere. Oh yeah, spit flying in his mouth and up his nose. Spit flying from his mouth into her. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> I mean, I appreciate the effort, but I'd be like, look, can y'all put a screen up or something? Because this dude might have COVID. <laughs> oh my god!
1: <laughs> <laughs> just put kidding. a whole plexiglass plate up I'm in between them. I'm just
0: right. <laughs> so, um. Yeah, that was I like the way they argue and then after a while it's like, Okay, I'm gonna protect you. Okay, then I'll accept your hand of marriage and your hand of proposal to marriage and he's like, Okay, well now we're engaged after we just like almost cut each other's throats off
1: Yeah, I thought she hit him with a pretty hard line in that scene too though when she says Did you ever even think about my perspective? How could you, the people around you, are you?
0: Are you? Yeah, that was a really good line. I was like, wow. And see, that gets back to what I was saying. She's very crafty, and she's very thoughtful, and she is going to be, I, I mean, I'm not sure why he picked her. He probably, he probably really should have just picked somebody he could just run on top of, because she's not going to be the one at all.
1: No, yeah, and I mean, she even questions it um, before like when he says oh you've done this before i know because you had a lover who was killed along with the rest of your family and you know this idea that something you know about her past could have an effect right now i just you know like to to, to me this whole scene is just Emblematic of how much Day doesn't intake the perspectives and the information of other people who he just doesn't think matter. Right. He just is on this path to get what he wants because he's, you know.
0: He's Empire. And yeah, he's Empire, empire and he's, gets he's what so he wants.
1: desperate to avoid this fall.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, you know what happens when people get really, really desperate. They just start wriggling and doing everything that they can do to save themselves but when really they should probably just what be still right but in that scene do you think that um between uh brother day and Demersel, do you think that he's actually admitting that he had queen sarah's family killed
1: i don't know that's 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 the question I mean, we see that Demerizel says that there's nothing that can be tied back to him. Right, but, but what does
0: she really mean by that?
1: Yeah, that's the question. Because if... there, There's two thoughts in my mind. is that maybe he did actually have something to do with it. But the extent to which he had something to do with it is... At we as the audience don't know. But then there's the question of maybe did Demerizel just take action on her own. And... Ooh. The you. tie back to him could be through Demerzel.
0: Hmm, That's a good point. That because is a really good point. know
1: that is just supposed to do whatever is best for Empire. For but Empire. I don't know yeah. how much that, um, you know, how much that...
0: Maybe he just wants some plausible deniability. Like, do what you have to... Look, you just do what you need to do. And yeah, don't I don't tell know me. how
1: much that um, any sort of command that exists within her would extend beyond know like if she would need to be told to do something or if she because she has just this written thing within her that it would just be done happen yeah right? like she would just you know be compelled to do it
0: yeah that's a good that's a good uh, question a good point all right so moving on we see brother dust laying down you know laying down his charm on sister rue you know he she has taken him up on his offer to watch their little porno tape <laughs> and <laughs> You know, I, when the scene first comes on, you know, one of the first things she asks is, you know, go back farther um, so that I can see where I met you in the gossamer court. I like the way she played, played young brother. Well, you know, he's brother Dusk now, but he was brother Day at that time. I like the way she played him off, you know.
1: Mhm. She Yeah, she says she's like, oh, I just I get I get people's attention by not paying them any attention.
0: Right. Yeah, exactly. Which is completely ignoring them, which, which is a bit of like reverse psychology when you think about it, because that actually works when people think someone like if somebody's interested in someone and then that person is not paying them any attention that actually draws them more to the person.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So she got her game down. She, she's like, I just know I'm not going to give him any kind of eye, t- eye contact. I'm just going to act like I don't even see him coming. And then when she finally looks up at him, I'm sure that probably kind of, like, took his breath away,
1: you know? After only seeing his feet.
0: <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> they're probably some nice-looking feet. I, I I mean, I haven't seen Lee Pace's feet, but I imagine they're probably nice-looking. <laughs> so then they go back to the room, and they have this really important discussion about memories.
1: Yeah, which, to me, thinking back on the last episode, you know— I don't know if she anticipated that going to Gossamer Court with him in that last episode or whenever it was, they went whatever episode it was that they went to the Gossamer Court. I don't know if she had any anticipation that the a discussion of memories would come up. But I wonder, like, if even regardless of that, once she was there and they started talking and then he was like, well, we can look back at it what happened. Yeah, that she might have been like, oh, I'll take this chance to you know basically play him for what he wants but also find a way to ask about what happens to the Cleons memories right like maybe she might have been using that sort of opening to in this scene in this episode now you know we see her ask about what happens to the Cleons and their memories Mm -hmm. and that's how she like obtains that information to use to to tell Queen to tell Sarah how, they to could der- out how to yeah. What's figure that guy's out what name? happened today.
0: Clavager? That's what the, that keeper guy calls him. I don't know what his name is, though. the Markley? The, Markley, that's right. The Imperial Guard Markley. She does definitely use that moment to gather that information. And I think it's interesting because we'll see later on in the episode that, you know, he's all he's not I'm not going to say he's smug about her not having her memory, which we do find out later that her uh, her planet or whatever they have been able to get around that whole um, memory scraping um, situation. Mm-hmm. So she does. I'm thinking she does have some memories of what happened to her that were wiped, you know. But I'm not saying he's smug, but he's kind of looking. He he almost like he's like pitying her a bit, and then he finds out later, which we'll get to that. The same thing is probably happening to him.
1: <laughs> yeah, she does say it in this, towards the end of this scene, um, she's like, oh, you're lucky to trust your memories. Lucky yeah. to be able to trust your memories. Right. And I, she also says something else that I think is going to be impactful for Dusk, if it isn't already, that um, she asks him, would she what how how would she handle her memories and she says something like um in, in her response she says i embrace regrets mm-hmm, i yep. want to remember the view from the top of the mountain even if that means i also have to remember the fall yeah so i think that may come back in a certain kind of way for dusk later in this yep. season yeah, I mean, I think we kind of even see it come back later in this episode, but right. I think it has even more potential later this season.
0: Yeah, well, we we um we already know that you know he he recognizes that things are not going in a positive direction for the empire, so I think that he and Day, of course, he more particular because he's older and he's he's seen he's been able to see the decline over the years. Um, so it's gonna be interesting how this whole memory situation plays out for for the brothers. Um, so the next little bit here, we see um, the scene where um, Queen Sarath and Rue are discussing um, the information that she has gathered from Brother Dusk about you know where the memories are stored, right? Yeah. Um, and they're actually asking about what happened in that room and how can they get to those to those memories and everything and then Mark Lee is telling them you know those are um, those are the brothers' memories you you can't get to those yeah and uh,
1: Rue's um, information about the Empire receiving memory audits comes in pretty clutch because that gives them another way in
0: right right mm-hmm right well okay so we, we're going to go through this scene here but I like that um, she's discovering that and the look on her face is like hmm okay Markley can you get in there he's like okay and I'm trying to figure out okay this guy has no fear like how much they must be paying him a lot for him and just be like okay I'm just going to be lap dog I'm going to go into the inner sanctum of the memories of the Cleons and just ask for this information it's like whoa and yeah. this keeper guy he needs to be not only does he need to be fired, we'll <laughs> just go say he's just giving out information willy nilly. And he even asked the guy like, I hope somebody is keeping um, track of these records or like these, these requests or whatever, mm-hmm. but he just asks you. And I, that's what I'm saying. This guy must be super high ranking because he just waltzes in there, asks for this information. The guy just automatically hands it over. Not only should this guy be fired for just handing it back to him like that, but Okay. So, who decided that well, everybody's I mean, memories that were in that room should be in in that area where, wherever the Cleon's memory memorand memorandums, <laughs> wait a Memoriums are mm. That's where everybody who was in that room, their memoriums memoriams should be wherever those cleons are, don't you think? Like how should he be able to get access to the attendance like the whoever was in that room? When he was brought in there after the assassination attempt. Oh,
1: so you're saying mm, Markley shouldn't be able to just ask and then also just get those memories?
0: Right. He shouldn't. Well, those those memories from that particular day should not be anywhere near any of like the regular average memoriam stuff. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because we see what happens. He gets the little the little doodad with the memor- memoriam on it. Well,
1: I mean, maybe maybe I I don't know, but maybe there is. You know I mean for him he's just the keeper of memories. What he what is what what power does he really have other than just keeping the memories? And so for him maybe it's more of if this guy, if Markley is coming to him asking for these memories, and then Markley says that Empire has told him that they want those memories, maybe he's just like, Oh, okay.
0: Well yeah, I guess because okay, I guess his maybe his last name is Clavager, Markley. He he must be super high. He must be higher ranking than the the Keeper, Keeper Yartel, right? He says, Order of Empire, so, but wouldn't you think he should actually get that um, confirmed? I'm just saying. Maybe. I mean, I don't know. Seems to be pretty, uh...
1: (laughs) I guess if we're keeping with, you know, what you're saying, he seems
0: to be pretty loosey-goosey about it. He's very loosey-goosey. Like, you're going to come in here and ask. And he even questions, oh, you mean the day of the assassination attempt? Like, yeah, I would be like, wait a minute, let me just double check before I just h- hand this information yeah, yeah, over to Yeah, maybe he, he should have said, I need that in writing. Yeah, let me call. Let me just call and, s- and find out if this is a real request. You know what I'm saying? So that's that's all I'm saying. And, and again, he should be fired. <laughs> And those records should not be just readily available to like, they should be under some sort of another lock and key. You know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. assassination assassination day attempt records should be like not even available to the keeper as far as I'm concerned. So that's just my, my point. So he gets the little information and, you know, he takes it on back. He takes it on back to um. He takes it back to to uh, Queen Sarah and Rue, mm-hmm. and then um. They look at it and then they they realize that oh my lord. They're looking at the they're looking at the tape basically like you know the tapes you gotta you always gotta have the tapes the the, the receipts, they looking at the receipts, and then they realize that. Demerzel was in the bedroom with Brother Day at the assass- at the time of the assassination attempt. They see that her head is half chopped off. <laughs> and then they realize, Oh my god, I love the way Rue says, Oh, I see machinery. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's not that's not what we think it is. She's not a real she's not a human, she's a she's a robot, right?
1: Yeah, this is ha- this gotta be a groundbreaking, like absolutely earth-shattering revelation for them because as far as they know, no robots exi- have existed for thousands of years. Thousands. So, and I'd also like to say that at the beginning of this scene when Markley hands them the, the memory thing or mm-hmm. whatever that little device is that he hands them, he's, like, running. And I just think that through this whole episode, it's like we see him... And in, in over the progression of the episodes that we've seen Markley in these episodes, and in this particular episode, he's just been more frantic. Yeah. So I think, I feel like that's a representation that, you know, his time is coming up.
0: Yeah. He probably, he's like, probably took that money, like, you know, I'm about to catch me one of these jump ships, and me and my family, <laughs> go catch one of these if, jump if ships. If he can, because I mean,
1: much. that, that, that guarantees nothing, really. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, he we, might We well. see that. Even last season, uh, Empire basically killed—I don't know—I don't remember her well, name. Right. Her entire family and everyone who is related to her, like some on an agran. particle beam from space, just targeted. Like I don't know, I don't remember how many people he targeted from within her circle, and then the web extending out from all the people who are related to her.
0: Who are you talking about? You talking about um,
1: the one who was doing the plot to get Brother Dawn out of the uh out of the palace
0: oh yes yes you're right yeah yeah so yeah we yeah. So might
1: have some idea about trying to escape but i don't think that's gonna work
0: <laughs> no you absolutely right i just forgot all about that because um yeah he 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 in trouble because the flick of the wrist you know the flick of the wrist gonna do they they find out who all your all your family you love ones just like you said i forgot about that <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah 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 that's gonna be uh I don't know what, what 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 type of what's his recourse, Markley. What's Markley's recourse?
1: <laughs> None. <laughs> I mean, in this case, I don't think he has any. Yeah. I mean I, I mean, I I I don't I don't know. I mean, this is the question that I think we had, or at least I had, the last time we talked about Markley when we saw him in was it last episode or the episode before that, but like what would hap- have happened for him to, you know, even agree to do something like this. So.
0: I don't know. Money. Yeah. All right, so they find that that juicy tidbit about Demerzel, man, that's explosive and I can't wait to see how they use that bit of information to fi- you know, to, to hold it against him. That's gotta be that's some good blackmail information right there. Yeah. And also
1: I just just before we move on, I wanted to mention that Sareth makes a point to say that Demriselle's hands like she actually touched her yes. hands and shook her hands and all that. That's she was right. Like, well I touched her hands. Her hands were warm and alive and yep. I was like, Hmm That's interesting because As I was taking notes for this episode, I was, you know, start to connect things once you watch something back. Yep. And I think that's gonna come back later in this episode. Okay. Later as we discuss this episode.
0: All right, well, let's keep on moving along here. We see Day and Dusk going to have a little conference with Cleon the First. I really think that this interface situation, did we know that this was a thing that they could do before this episode?
1: No, <laughs> okay. I think the only the only previous interaction that we saw was one of the past days taking some sort of something, trying to smash, the trying thing.
0: to smash the glass. So, yeah, they're 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 talking to him. And um, I just really find it interesting that they they're in there and they're like, OK, our genetic dynasty is starting to fray brother day is doing things that we don't feel like are part of your directives that you instituted all those hundreds of years ago. And he basically shuts them down. Right. Yeah. And I'm trying to figure out, okay, brother day is very powerful. Right. Mm-hmm. And I firmly think that he has done something. I don't know how he could have done it, maybe I'm just going a little too far here but for some reason I feel like he's done something to tamper with the Cleon the first like whatever whatever type of counsel he would give is all kind of directed at protecting brother Day who is Cleon the 17th right now
1: yeah I don't know I mean This, the Cleon the first, or whatever reincarnation or reconstitution or whatever of him that they're speaking to now is, you know, makes the point to them, you know, if you guys are having these splits between you, there's this is not what I intended. Mm -hmm. And, you know, just like what you're saying with um, maybe this is some sort of like this could be some sort of um, tampering by day. With this, I don't know. AI, I guess we could call it, version of Cleon the first, Mm -hmm. based on Cleon first memory. Who, you know, if they tampered with they, there is no, there's no way that they could know that anything that this AI says to them is real.
0: Right. Right. Exactly. And what concerned me is when he said this is of no this is of no concern to you yeah i i don't know if
1: you caught anything or noticed anything or it popped out to you but when he said this is of no concern to you i to me like that sounded like some sort of auto response oh like the more they started talking to him the f- closer they were going to get to this response that was like I have nothing more to offer you. This is of no concern to you. Goodbye. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah, it's like those it's those like messages
0: you get off those those phones when you're trying to get customer service. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Basically, he's like customer service right now. He ain't doing his job.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, he's not doing his job at all. But no. he, the way the actor said it, it popped out to me, and I was like, uh-oh. Yeah. And we, we see also in that moment, as he says it, just in talking about the filming of this scene, we see this... L- you know the shot goes back to brother dusk and it does a slow zoom on his face and i'm like mm, the look on his face he's like to me that represented brother dusk was like st- starting to piece something together mm-hmm, yep yep because he's been on this mission of trying to figure out wait what's happening here how how much power does day have and as soon as this apparition of the first Cleon says that he's like, there's something more going on here.
0: Yeah. Yeah. He, he's definitely, um, trying to piece some things together. And I think that's why, um, what happens in that next scene, well, we'll get to it, but let's go back here. We forgot to talk about the scene where he's actually, um, talking with Demerzel. Brother Dusk is talking to Demerzel about his memories. And he's saying, you know, asking her, so Day has the authority to alter our memories. And she says, yes, he has the authority to do that. But you, I, I picked up on this too. You want to talk about what you picked up on in this particular scene? Well, I
1: noticed first off that the way um, Demerizal is lit in this scene, I was like, hmm, that's interesting. Because we haven't seen, I don't know if we've necessarily seen anything as far as the lighting and the production of a particular scene, where one of the characters looks the way Demoiselle looks in the scene, where the light is on only one side of her face and it's just barely lighting um, her face, and then the basically all the rest of her is in in darkness.
0: Right, exactly. Now, Brother Dusk, he's in shadow too, but he his his look on his face is inquisitive. The look on Demoiselle's face is like. When I saw that, I was like, "Ooh, it's like she like you know when you're in the shadows, like you're hiding something, right?" Mm-hmm. And and when I was, saw this scene, I was like, "Oh, something is totally off with her. She looks really diabolical in this scene. Like, <laughs> yeah. like if if he were to jump up and try to do something against Empire, she was gonna snap his neck right at that moment. I don't I know. Th- I
1: think that's on purpose. I think like like you know if we think about things from a specifically a filmmaker and director's perspective, like they do these things on purpose, just you know." To show, in not necessarily a exposition way, but in right. a in visual way, way, yeah, the intentions behind characters' actions, right?
0: Mm-hmm. And then the way she looks off at the end, I was like, "Ooh, that's some old like soap opera look." You see, just you don't know anything about <laughs> you don't know anything about soap opera. No, operas. <laughs> I do not. <laughs> <laughs> but back <laughs> in the day, at the end of a scene, one of the actors would be like real dramatic. They would just like look away, look off uh, in the scene. And that's how she's looking in this scene. Like after they have their little discussion, she looks away, like and then it breaks to the next scene.
1: Yeah. Um that, that that was a particular a special moment, I think. I don't know what exactly might have been going on in her, you know, robot brain at that moment. Um but He basically, before before she looks away at the end of the scene, he asks her, um, how would I know to question anything? And then he has like a sort of realization. I wanted to ask you, what do you think he's like, what specifically do you think he's realizing in that moment? Because he's saying what he says and then he stops and then Demerzel gives him a look Mm -hmm. and he's like,
0: oh. I think he's starting to realize that brother day is really just tampering with a lot of different things. Like I, I think because he was, um, when he was talking to Rue, you know, they had that whole conversation about memories, right. Mm -hmm. And he's looking at her and she's talking about how her memory, you know, she would want to remember, she didn't want, wouldn't want to have, you know, she wouldn't be afraid of regrets and that, you know, she would cherish her memories. And I think he's realizing and feeling like, you know, if my mind has been wiped, I wouldn't even know. Right. And yeah. he's feeling probably looking, realizing like my, you know, my goodness, I'm just like one of these concubines or one of these, any of these other people out here who, you know, if they see something we don't want them to remember, we just want to wipe their memory of it. And I feel like he's feeling like he's just like them.
1: Yeah. He, he's he, he. In this moment, yeah, he is just like them, and I guess that's, you know, that's uh, that's going against his his desire to feel, you know, above everybody. Mm-hmm. That's like yeah. a slap in the face.
0: Exactly right from his own brother. Right? Mm-hmm. I mean, they're supposed to be one man, but they're not really. They're not. They're not behaving as like one man. I mean, Brother Day is really going off the reservation with the things that he's doing. And with him being the older brother, I mean, he's not in power. And brother Don, he he's not old enough to do any really do anything about it. So basically I think right here in this in this moment in his mind he's thinking, you know what? Hmm. I i just been whistling Dixie out here. I maybe I might not have done a whole lot during my reign, but I'm about to start trying to get to the bottom of some things. You know? Yeah. He is on a mission now. Yeah. So, um, after he does that, you know, he and brother Dawn, they go over to the keeper, you know, and they go get what do they call that thing? Uh I forget what it's called. The little whatever that little device is that um has all of their um uh, their memories on it from the Cleon from Cleon the first all the way to the end.
1: Yeah, they <laughs> and you well I don't remember if you made the comment the first time we watched it or the second time we watched it, but the way he was, <laughs> the Keeper was interacting with the Cleons. Oh, yeah. He's just very...
0: <laughs> very dismissive, the way he's like, okay, to the left, like, wow, okay. <laughs> and then Brother Day's like, dumb insolence. <laughs> I am yeah, like, wow, how d- is he just dismissing them when, when, the, when that, when that uh, Imperial Guard walked in and he was like all ears, like, okay, you want me to do what? Okay. But then when well, the brothers come in there, he's like, "Oh, okay, I'm gonna get what you want. Okay, go on over there and wait." Dang, hey. <laughs> he was well, almost yeah. like annoyed with them. I
1: mean, maybe he was saying that because he, was, well, he he did say it was gonna take a while, but maybe I, you know, just like you're saying, I don't think he needed to say it the way he said it.
0: No, he was being very dismissive. <laughs> it was almost like them people that be at work, them customer service people at work, and they just be kind of pissed that you came up in there to do, you know, they're asking to you to ask do your to job. Do job, like you're pissed that you got to do. You're pissed. You got to actually do your job now. Like he was probably on her on his cell phone watching like Instagram reels or something. <laughs> so now he's all pissed. Now they make a mention of this man on this mural, and they don't just they don't never they never just off the cuff uh mention things in the show. But I have no idea who this man is or why they're really mentioning him. The only thing that I can come up with is that they call him, you know, he has that green paint that around his neck, and basically that labels him as like a traitor. And so maybe is that reflective on reflecting on them or is that going to be reflecting on someone else? I don't know.
1: Uh I think it reflects on or at least it's foreshadowing, right? Yeah. Um but if I had to guess about that specific person in the mural, I would say that maybe that's someone from the book.
0: Oh yeah because they do now I will say this after doing a little research they do try to um they do try to satisfy the book readers and add things into the story that the book readers would be familiar with because people are saying it strays so far away from the book blah 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 it's still a good show I'm enjoying it so yeah I get it but mm, okay don't watch it if you don't like it
1: yeah um so before we move on, in this scene, he, you know, he and brother Dawn have a little moment, and I just like his quote in this moment, Okay. where he says, "You know, brother." Brother Don says to Dust, "Well, you're not dead yet. Your legacy isn't set." Mm-hmm. And he's like, "Well, an old man. What does he care about what he remembers?" Right. He doesn't really care about that. What he remembers at this stage in uh, what he cares about in this stage of his life is how he's remembered. Exactly. And I just remember watching that the first time when he said that first part of the quote, and I was like, I thought he was going to say he cares about who remembers him. But eh, maybe who remembers him and how he's remembered is the same thing.
0: Yeah. Well, I think that that's setting up because – we already know he is taken aback by the fact that now he realizes his memories may be wiped. Right. Yeah. We already know he does not like the fact that brother day is going to marry this queen Sarah and who knows what else has been going on in the interim that we might not even be privy to. He knows that things are not going the right way. And so, uh, and one of the other things in that partic- in this particular scene is when they're looking at their memoriams, they realize that Cleon the First had two hundred and thirteen cataphils in his memoriam And that he had the most out of any of the Cleons. And while Brother uh, Dusk at this point is on track to have the average number of cataphils in his in his memoriams, he's trying to figure out like, okay, why did Cleon the First have so many more than everybody else?
1: Yeah, that's definitely odd. Because if they're all supposed to be following in the image of Cleon the First, then there's really... It, it just doesn't make sense why they would have no more than <laughs> 90 or 100. Exactly, but yeah. Cleon the First would have literally...
0: Almost three times as much. Yeah. You know, going on almost three times as much. So... Uh, I think that's a very, very, very interesting point and I can't wait to see how that pays off because, hmm, I mean, if we're trying to make connections between Cleon I and his 213 Cataphils of Memoriam and the way he treated them in that interface when they were trying to, you know, do their customer service with him, I don't know, something's kind of tricky there. Something's like a little off, you know? Like, maybe... Cleon the first like even when he was talking to them he's like okay yeah I know how my you know I know all my little picadillos and everything you don't have to explain it to me because I was the first one who did it you know like you don't have to explain maybe he's hiding something maybe he hid something is what I should say you know what I mean Yeah. so it's going to be very interesting to figure out where that's going so
1: you think Cleon the first had something to do with why they're Catafills aren't, you know, the same.
0: Yeah, I think I think that could be I think that could be the case. I don't know why. I really don't know why. Well,
1: that's interesting cuz I was thinking maybe it would have been something that um the current brother day might have had a hand in like I don't know. Yeah, ad- I mean, adjusting something. I agree.
0: I agree. So maybe he went, I don't know. It, it it's just all just very it's all just very um you know it's a mystery again there's so many mysteries to this show which i love mm-hmm. so now let's get to what i like to call the meat and potatoes of the show when it first comes on we're we're going to we're going to be traveling now guys to the outer reach where we're um with harry and gail and salvor on the beggar and we doing we're seeing a little flashback of more of the scene of what happened to Harry when when um Rache had to kill him. Now, you know what? This scene just had me really thinking that I don't really like Harry that much. I really the more I see of him the more I don't like him because I really think that he he never I think he wanted Rache to believe that he was going to kill himself, but I don't think he was ever really going to kill himself.
1: Yeah. Uh, Yeah, I think, um, he, you know, racers, like you said, originally upset that Harry was going to take his life, but then Harry basically switched it up on him and was like, I don't think I can do it. How about you do it?
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And he antagonized him in that little dinner they were having to make him angry. Like maybe it'd be easier when you're angry. Right. But, but, um, You know, in this dream, in this reminiscence or dream that he's having, I'm like, wow, he really just he just really flipped the script on poor Rach, Like he already knew what the plan was, but he didn't know what the plan was. He knew what a plan was. He didn't know what the plan was. And the only one who's ever privy to that is Harry. You know, Mm -hmm. again, Harry being Harry. I'm going to keep saying that every episode, probably because every episode he does something that just you know, I thought it was kind of amusing at first, but now it's just like, wow, this guy's really a piece of work.
1: Yeah, it seems like he just can't help himself.
0: No, no. He's just got to have the control over everybody. It's just annoying. But I like the way here um, we find out that, you know, tell him bond. Well, I'll just, we'll, we'll we'll get to that part where, where Rache is basically telling him about himself. And he really puts it right in his face where you let me die on deliverance and they just push me out the chute like I was some garbage because you didn't trust me. You didn't trust that I was going to do what you what you needed me to do. And so you just was like, okay, well, I'm just going to sacrifice you because I have this grand plan. Uh, 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 this, this is just more of me really just like, <laughs> Harry, you know what? Ooh, 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 Harry, you're just making me so sick sometimes.
1: Yeah, Harry, Yeah, not a good person. I mean, I think like you were starting to mention about him Bond. I mean, now we know that we've watched the whole episode. Mm-hmm. We know that that was her basically reaching into his mind and using all these memories against him. And I think part of what she's doing is using any guilt that he might have, even though I don't think he has much guilt
0: <laughs> you're yeah, probably not
1: trying to use that to you know manipulate him and to basically make him revisit the thoughts and feelings that he was having when he was trapped in the prime radiant at the beginning of the season right
0: oh you think she might be trying to drive him crazy
1: maybe I mean we saw it he was crazy in the bi- the first episode of this season where he's basically I mean Raish in this flashback scene says to him basically the same thing that he was saying to himself going crazy in the prime rating about, yeah. well, you don't let anyone know wh- wh- what's happening with your plan. So how yeah. can anything,
0: instead of you sharing the plan and spreading the anxiety and the thoughts and the plans and the, with everyone you're holding it all in yourself. Like you're, you're puppet mastering. Okay. If you want to be puppet master you got to pay the cost to be the puppet master, which means maybe you got to go a little crazy. You know, mm-hmm. and they, you know, I don't know if you know, but they say people who are like geniuses a lot of times will like not be mentally stable. I don't know if you've ever heard that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, because, well, at least what they say is because. I mean, look at Elon around... Musk. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, what was I trying? To... I'm sorry. Did I tell no, you no, no. I was trying to Get think you off of your train something in response to you saying that. I was gonna call uh, Elon Patient Zero.
0: Oh, you're about to have me spit my water out <laughs> <laughs> Patient Zero. Okay. <laughs>
1: but yeah. I me, mean, I think that um you know this is this is just the consequences of him deciding that he just doesn't want to let anyone in on his planning. He just want direct wants to direct
0: everything. Yeah. Yep. Well, Okay, if you want to be the, if you want to carry it all on your shoulders, then you just deal with everything that you got to deal with, you know. But Raesh does say one thing in this in this scene. He says, um. He says we know it wasn't the first time, so that made me think. Okay, so, and after he said that, right after he said, you know, like you let me die, you let you, you know I was your son, you let me die, right? So, who else did he let die?
1: Well, I don't know, but I think we did get. Harry mentioning it to Gail when they were on Una's World, right? Remember, he was saying to her something to the effect of his relationship that he had with um, Yana. Yana before she passed. I'll and that see? they tried to have a child, but or something or something. Okay. something So he was mentioning something about the relationship with Yana, and then he also mentioned at least – if I'm remembering correctly, that they tried to have a child and maybe they did, but mm. something that Harry did cause them to lose that child. Oh, or
0: something. Oh, okay. So I'm glad you mentioned that because in my notes here, I have, was it Yana? And then I have, was it Reese's dad? But how did his dad die? His dad died some other kind of way. So it couldn't be. Well,
1: his dad was, I don't remember if we know how he died or if he died or whatever, right? Mm -hmm. But we know that Rach's dad was like an alcoholic who was basically spending all the family's money. So Rach was basically
0: forced into a position to have to steal to get the money they needed. And that's how he ran into Harry. Harry, yeah, because he stole that book or whatever. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, um, here in this scene, too, he's actually struggling with his body now because, you know, he was in that prime radiant for over 138 years or whatever. And now he's like in human form and he's putting his hand in water and then he picks up the knife and he stabs himself with the knife. I guess he's trying to figure out like, am I really real? So yeah, guy, you're real. You know, you're really real at this point. Yeah. So, you know, after that, they're on the ship and then they um make their approach to the beggar, right?
1: So you do Ignacy, in?
0: I'm sorry. Yeah, they make their approach on the beggar to Ignis. What am I saying? <laughs> 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 yeah, they make their approach on the beggar to Ignis, um, but not before uh, Salver tells him. You know, they're trying to figure out how is he. Uh, how is he flesh and bone? And she was like, "Well, you were cloned. They cloned you."
1: Yeah, and and you you said something the second time we watched it, and you, you were saying something like, "Well, oh, she just has it for fi- you know." She just has yeah like out that how she figured that, that out cloned.
0: yeah like okay was that something they were doing before y'all left term before y'all left uh you know was that something you were aware of on terminus because that's all she knows is terminus
1: I don't know i mean this this is the whole mystery around Harry right is that like how is he here and thinking back after watching it a couple times uh this episode I was thinking like maybe he's a robot but then i was (laughs) like i don't know i don't know if that's the case no
0: he can't be a robot because he was he he was picked up on their on their um detectors as a like a human form correct
1: uh yeah well i don't know if they i don't remember if they said specifically that um like they picked him up as a human i don't know they picked him up as a life form which could life form mean human and robot the same time
0: okay yeah i guess you're right i mean would they be picking up demmerzel i
1: don't know yeah that that's the question though
0: well you know what what did what did did gail say in the last episode she's like i shook her hand she was like just like you said when that when queen sarith shook uh demmerzel's hand they basically saying the same thing she was warm and alive correct right so so um so gail was saying the same thing about uh about Calais. yeah so is that what you had in your nose that maybe she's a robot? Maybe Kale is a robot? Um maybe they're not all dead. We're just speculating here, folks. I don't know.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I you know, it's it's difficult to know right now, but there's this question of to me the intermingling of what is Harry and what is Kale and why was Harry able to be picked up on the scans, but Kale
0: just right, seems
1: warm to life, but is also not picked up on the scans. Right. And, and then there's also, I I was connecting the fact that they weren't picking up any life on Ignis, but then there's oh all these people. Yeah. So I'm thinking like how is all, all of that related? Huh. Now I think that um, that's I don't, I don't know if Kale and whatever is going on with her is connected to Ignis. Like They're both not both Kali and the people of Ignis are not showing up on these scans. I don't know if they're connected, but I was writing in my notes, like, I wonder if they are because maybe Kale has some <laughs> some power well, to be able to... Well, isn't she supposed to be to the prime
0: radiant, Kale? Didn't she come up with it or something? Am I remembering that incorrectly?
1: <laughs> well, Harry says that Kali presented herself to him in the prime radiant as yes. a manifestation of the prime radiant, of the right? right? Right. But, I mean, hmm. I, don't, I, I don't know exactly what that means. And I don't think that the show has told us that yet. So, I mean, lots of questions, but. Yeah. Um,
0: What's your question? What you got?
1: Well, I just want to know what the heck is going on. <laughs>
0: <I> <laughs> just want to know
1: what is going on. I'm saying, I just you know, like, 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 like I was saying, I just want to know: is there a connection between Kale and the sighted, or these, you know, people who have the ability to use mentalics, right?
0: Well, all and will then be how
1: reviewed. is, you know, how how is Harry how is Harry tying into all of this? Like, why why is he getting picked up, but Kale is not? And then also these people of Ignis are not being picked up on scans. Like to me, I wondered like. Maybe Kali is a robot. Hmm.
0: Okay. She could potentially be a robot.
1: Um, But then also, could she be sighted also like these people of Ignis?
0: Yeah, and maybe she just has some sort of force field around her that would not be picked up. Because, I mean, she's like, I think where she's literally on Una's world seems like she's there all by herself. Mm -hmm. Which is kind of freaking scary. Like, you're the only person on this whole planet. I mean, we we didn't go inside her inner sanctum so we don't know what's going on over there, but you know, who knows? All will be revealed in the eight seasons that we have to watch. The well, yeah, seven the other, seasons we have left to watch. This the show. other
1: question I have is like, how? <coughs> how would Harry? Like, how? 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 how, how, how? Does All will Harry be revealed to life. Like, maybe some way because we know that. I, well, I don't know if we know, but I was theorizing. I think the last episode that. Maybe the prime rating that exists in the vault and the prime rating that exists with Harry Gale and Salvor are linked together, and maybe somehow, some way, the information that the vault has because the vault technically is Harry, yes, connects to like all all of whatever information, like genetic code, anything about Harry that's in the vault is you know, stored in that Prime Radiant that's in the vault, and then that Prime Radiant in the vault is also connected to the one that Harry, Gale, and Salvor have, and then that Kale that was in the Prime Radiant that Harry, Gale, and Salvor have, you know, connects back to the Kale that's on Una's <laughs> world.
0: Oh my God, I'm like so confused. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't,
1: I don't, I don't know if I'm explaining this I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. Like, my question is, maybe, you know, somehow, some way, there was either some plan that was already going on before anybody ever Hmm. got to Terminus, or the information that connects all of these things together, which is Harry, um, was used to make a clone of Harry. We on Una's world, we will Somehow. find we will find
0: that out at some point in time. Now, won't we? So let's let's keep it moving here, cause we could beat that horse to death. We didn't probably beat the, don't beat the dead horses with that. To, <laughs> how does it goes. We don't know. We're just going to have to wait and see how it happens. But um... I'm just well, we I'm trying to figure out. He is still super smart, so even though he can't transport himself into that ship's mainframe and and fix some stuff wouldn't he be smart enough to figure out how to, you know, land that, land the beggar without them crash landing like that? I'm just saying. Mm, what do you mean? I mean, he's so smart. He was, he was a computer at first, right? So, he was a computer. I mean, he was like all AI. So why he figure out how to land that thing without them crashing? I'm just all I'm saying.
1: Well, I mean, Before, he was basically in the ship controlling everything, right? But this time, he's not necessarily able to do that, I don't think. But I think the reason—I was theorizing in my notes that maybe a reason why they crash-landed is because the sighted people on Ignis— It was just
0: a dumb question. Yeah, they they messed up the ship, right?
1: Well, yeah, maybe they had something to do because— um, Salvor was saying there was some sort of negative ionic charge or whatever in the atmosphere yeah. like maybe I'm wondering like how much control do these sighted people have they're able to project their voices and their minds or whatever across space and communicate with Gale and Salvor to basically guide them to Ignis Correct. Like how much control do they have like can they control so much that they can control the characteristics of the atmosphere, or maybe they had like some way to.
0: I don't, I don't know. The ship. Do you think they're controlling? I don't know. I, 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 they may have some sort of defense shields or something like that to, to protect them and shield them. I don't know if they were um necessarily trying to bring them, bring Gail and Salvor to Ignis. I just feel like their their Whatever their voices are doing is just, They're just, it's like they're catching things, whatever, whatever is out there, they're going to catch it. I don't know if they were necessarily trying to pick them up, because if they knew that Harry was with them, they probably wouldn't have. You see what I'm saying?
1: Well, how would they not have known that Harry was with them? I mean, if, I mean.
0: Oh, right, if they're reading their thoughts. Yeah, I guess you got a good point there. Well, they they get down on the planet surface here, and salvage trick was really I was actually I was really er- enjoying this scene because as soon as I saw that figure like she's down on the surface of the surface and she's looking around you know trying to do her salvor thing because you know she's always going around to uh do recon wherever she's at and she sees the figure and the first time I saw him I'm like oh that's her boyfriend I couldn't think of his name but I knew that's who it was but then we find out later that it's just like somebody ship- shape-, sh- shape shifting into Hugo Krast mm-hmm which, Which is another interesting thing that apparently they can do.
1: Yeah, and she was so convinced that, you know, I had in my notes, like, with all of Salvor's ability to tell when she's being deceived or when someone's not being truthful with her, she got duped by this.
0: Um, right? I But think I think y-
1: that's just, you know, an explanation that we get later in the episode that these people are just more powerful than them.
0: Yeah, definitely more powerful. And also, I think, too... When you haven't, when you see someone you haven't seen in a really, really long time that you were, you loved, you know, mm-hmm. it's like your mind takes over where you want to believe that you're seeing who you're seeing, right? So she, her, her emotional mind might have taken over where her rational, logical mind would have picked, you know, like, it, like the emotional mind took over the rational, logical mind, you know?
1: Yeah. No. Well, she she definitely gives uh, a <laughs> gives it back to them later. Yeah, when, <laughs> when she's in. I guess the throne room. I guess we'll call it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: She's like, you guys, you guys are messed up for that.
0: Yeah. So she gets duped, and she brings that. She brings Hugo Crass back to the ship, and then we find out that it's really not Hugo Crass at all. And it's those it's those sightseeing. I'm gonna call them sightseers. <laughs>
1: <laughs> sightseers.
0: <laughs> just made that up we're going to call those ignis people the sightseers i just like that i just like that term it's kind of cool so they're they're sightseers and they're um they're really there to kind of apprehend them you know but this before they before any of that happens we see gail and harry talking and i think he's just being full of it too because she they're talking about the baby salvor meaning and how you know Gail and Rache were not even sure they were going to have the baby once they made it to terminus, when, because they didn't realize. Well, Rache already knew what was going to, what was going to happen, and that's yeah. probably why he didn't he wasn't going to tell her. Yeah, we're going to do this because he already knew he wasn't ever going to go to terminus, right? Yeah. So, um, and then Harry, I am like, well, you know, if I didn't if I'd realized he was going, she was going to be my granddaughter. I'm like, man, shut up. <laughs> the first thing i was thinking like whatever guy at first i was like oh maybe he's being truthful but i don't know i just can't believe anywhere anything he says i just really can't
1: no he's he's back in his manipulative ways yeah it doesn't matter what that you know flashback he was having of race basically laying into him right yeah or the the thing that happened after the flashback of race laying into him like you let me die
0: Mm hmm. Right. That yeah, had yeah. zero effect, apparently. Right. Like he already knew what was going to happen, but he sacrificed himself and his son. I, I don't know. He's just he's just uh, I think he's just a terrible person. Like if he would just share his, his plans, I think he would get he would it would be better unless he realizes that because he's so smart. If he shares his plan with people, they're just going to mess it up. I don't know. I just I'm just thinking from a purely human Point of view, and not from like I'm um, this like super smart mathematician who's like predicting all this crap. I don't know. I just don't. Uh, Harry, he's an inter- he's an entertaining character when he just like literally goes off. I love when he just like goes off and starts screaming and hollering. But his character is also very annoying, and at times I just really don't like him.
1: Yeah, well, he still has some sort of an edge because his I don't know <laughs> his. Though, um, what's her name? Tell him Bond later in the episode calls his mind incomplete or something like that. (laughs) He's still able to rely on whatever instincts he has about um, Hugo not being the actual Hugo, which was surprising to me because the fact that he picked up on that and neither of them did, you know, right. I don't know. Maybe, you know, as we get uh further into this. Discussion of Harry, Gail and Salvor. Maybe Harry still has an edge over the sightseers. <laughs> and <laughs> maybe you for they picking might up be
0: my term there. <laughs> yeah, maybe
1: they might be underestimating him a little bit.
0: Hmm. Well, when you mention that point, I'll say this because um we noticed that Gail and Salvor kind of make a comparison between Harry being cloned. To the Cleons being clones, right? Yeah. And we see that Brother Day has met his match with Queen Sarath. She's going toe to toe with him. You know, there, I think there's going to be a, a constant power struggle between those two. And with them comparing Harry to Cleon, we see that Harry is cloned. And I think when we get to this next scene, we'll see that he has met his match. With him Bond, I think she's going to give him a run for his money, and I'm trying to figure out. Okay, well, we'll get to that scene, but um, we'll get to it. We'll talk about it when we get there. Um, but we see them get overtaken by the sightseers, and I was like, man, what did he say to them? Unmind he says, them, unthink their minds, unthink their minds.
1: Which is just crazy. Like, imagine someone said, <laughs> right? <laughs> you hear someone say, unthink. Their minds, and then you just drop to the floor.
0: You just pass out, right? I'm like, whoa, okay, unthink their minds, huh? And you see, they just literally fall down. But I think that's actually a way for the sightseers to kind of like shut them, shut them out, so they can do what they need to do. You know, like if they're not talking, if they're not talking and thinking so loudly, we can do what we have to do. Like we need to. Oh, yeah. It basically, like, turn them off.
1: <laughs> turn them off and turn them back yeah, on. Yeah, it's again. like
0: they flipped the switch, you know? So, I was like, whoa, they can do that? I mean, that's some powerful stuff right there. Like, who, who, who's out there just saying that? Like, that's some, that's some, like, Kleonic-type power right there, you know?
1: Yeah. Well, that, you know, that scene, seeing that happen, it reminded me of a, uh, scene that we saw in one of the trailers for this season Hmm. where we see Gail using some sort of telekinetic, like what I thought it was when I first saw the trailer, I thought she was using like some sort of telekinetic powers where she was like doing something and, you know, wreaking some havoc. Hmm. So I think she, you know, learns the ways of these sighted people and gains that power. Hmm. And I don't know, I I didn't rewatch the trailer or okay. any of the trailers for this season, but I was thinking, like, just trying to think in my memory. I was wondering if that scene where we see her basically, it looked like she was fighting some people. Like maybe she was fighting to get away from these people here on Ignis.
0: Oh, okay, okay. I'm going to check the trailer out again or and ma- see if I can Or maybe that
1: see. might have been something to do with. The version of her that exists in the future—that's fighting against the oh, mule. Yeah, that's true too. We she she know. would have. She would have the powers that these people have mm-hmm. by that time, right?
0: Yeah, I will. Yeah, I will say because they're in this scene. They're they're awakened. They're awakening from having their minds unthought. <laughs> I guess is the way you would say that. Mm-hmm. This location that they're walking up to this area where the all these sightseers are, um is very beautiful and I'm trying to think I guess I'll find out later on like if that's like a real location.
1: Yeah, I I was looking at that too. I was like, "Hmm, that's a unique location." I and to me, based on the trees, it looks like it's somewhere up north, north north, like really really north.
0: Really? You think?
1: Yeah, those those trees just looked very, I don't know.
0: They looked very what they northern. Looked, they looked very. I'm not where you're going with this. <laughs> I don't
1: know how to <laughs> describe it. It just it just looks like trees that wouldn't exist in a more in a location closer a to jungle, the jungle, like an Amazon. Yeah, type they look like trees that wouldn't exist in a location closer to the equator.
0: Oh, Okay. Hmm. Yeah, it was very beautiful. Uh, the one thing about this show, you're going to your you're, you're going to your eyes. Are, this is like a feast for your eyes the visuals, the, the, the locations. I mean, we were talking last week about, um, the location where that do some bar was living in the episode where, you know, um, where, what's his name? Jesus Christ. I'm bell and bell and and Glaywin. they were, that is an actual location. I found out that is an actual location. Um, I think they're in Tenerife, the Canary Islands. Uh, and that is that his home is actually a restaurant.
1: Yeah. When you told me that, I was like, wait, what? <laughs> Cause I, I, it looked like it was a real place. Like that's a real set. Yes. But then you said it was a restaurant. Like, it's what? a,
0: it's a restaurant that was designed by some guy over there. I'm, I can't, I'm drawing a, I am drawing I do not know his name, but he also, this is David S. Squire in the, uh, Apple, uh, TVs foundation official podcast that place was designed by some gentleman over there in Spain and also the area where Brother Constant and Polly were proselytizing to the people on Suena. It looked like a cactus, a bunch of cactuses in dry area. That place was actually designed by that same man. So he's doing a bang-up job. And they were able to use two of his locations as sets for the show, which I think I, every every location that they've gone to has just been like, you know, it could be like a coffee table photograph book or something, yeah. you know,
1: it's it's not it's not things that most people have ever seen, which is right. Which lends to the ability of this show to basically depict, you know, these locations that are otherworldly.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they finally get up here and they meet Tellem Bond. She is the. I guess. Th- th- let me just say this. I-, I thought this was so funny because you know, I'm always relating something to something else. So when little Tellamban, that's what we're gonna call her, little Tellamban, she says, "My name is Tellamban." Yada yada yada. What did she say? She gives.
1: She's, she says like four different things. That she I says can't like remember. four <laughs>
0: different things, right? She says, "I'm Tellamban, seventh bodily incarnation of Pa'a, uh, goddess of light, wisdom." flying creatures in the second chamber of eternity I'm like wow you know what that reminded me of Justin can you guess what he'll tell you I'm always I'm always relating something to something else but it reminded me of Daenerys Targaryen as she was getting uh, conquering this thing and that thing her titles just kept getting longer and longer and longer (laughs) yeah and I just remember a scene in Game of Thrones where somebody is introducing somebody, and they say they they roll out all these titles and oh. they just say titles, titles, titles.
1: <laughs> well, yeah, was it was it her interaction where um, Jon Snow was meeting her on Dragonstone, I don't and know. she was being introduced? I think Tyrion was introducing her, and then I forget the other character's name was introducing Jon, and he was like, "Well, Jon Snow." <laughs>
0: Right, right, right. Just jump plain old Johns? No. No, I don't know. I don't remember where this scene was, but I i one of one of the lines that I love in Game of Thrones was titles, titles, titles. And I don't know if it was one of the I don't know if it was it wasn't one of the hands of the king, but that's just what this reminded me of. She's she's introducing herself and she's got titles, titles, titles. Yeah, yeah.
1: I can see I can see how that would make you that would remind you of that.
0: Mm-hmm. I mean, a lot of this show reminds me of Game of Thrones. As a matter of fact, people are actually calling this show the Game of Thrones in, like, outer space mm-hmm. or something because it's, like, so expansive. There's, like, all these characters, and um, it's just very, you know, it's just a lot going on, which I love personally. You know, a lot of people can't get into it because there's, like, so many characters and so many locations and you have to remember a lot. I love that. I really do. And... I like the way this this little girl in this thing, she's like asking them to introduce themselves. You know, Harry goes up and, you know, she says, do the sign and then like tell us who you are. Harry just basically like blows off the little sign yeah, reading. He, he does some little like he, finger twirling. He tworly. barely does it. He just barely does it. And then Gail does it perfectly and with so much fluidity and, and grace and, and you know, that's just that's just how Gail is. And then Salvo, being Sal, she's like, well, she looks over at Gale and just looks back at the look at looks back at telling said, Salvor, like I'm not with this. <laughs> yeah. I'm not I'm not with all this I gotta wave my hands in the air and then give you my full name. Man, get out of here with that. Yeah, it
1: was a great um moment to depict their individual, you know, characteristics. Yes. And who they
0: are. Mm hmm. Yep. And we see they're doing they're being exactly who they are in the, in that particular moment right there. So then, um, tell him she 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 reveals herself because well she
1: reveals herself only after harry this figures out that this projection figures out that the little tell him bond is a projection right (laughs) and then she was like well i guess i've i figured you would be the one to figure it out Mm -hmm. we see harry's you know instincts coming back into play where neither gail nor Salvor saw that but he saw it. Yeah. Which is which is why I was saying earlier I think that he still has at least some little bit of an edge that maybe they're not entirely like they're maybe just just a tad bit underestimating Harry.
0: Yeah, well, and, um well, may-
1: but maybe they'll, you know, figure it out and <laughs> they'll well, rein him in.
0: They I think they're going to be figure- figuring each other out as time goes on, right? Because he's yeah. super smart and obviously She's very powerful she has the mind we don't even know how powerful her mind is yet you know and and all these people that she's surrounded by like they're you know when that guy was back on the beggar talking about unthink their minds and they just like like what okay wh- where are you doing that at like I, I need to have that power again I'm just <laughs> I'm just wishing I had some powers like I can see how people be college playing and going to these things like you know I want to be dressed up like this because I wish I could do these things you know. I wish I could live in that place. I wish I could wear those clothes. I wish I could be that powerful in my mind. You know, if I was going to be cosplaying, I think I'd probably be cosplaying. Tell him bond, to be honest with you. <laughs> Cause she got it going on, but you know, this is the, this is the the scene where, you know, she reveals that she knows a lot about them.
1: Yeah. She's just reading them so effortlessly.
0: She's reading Although, them because they're thinking so much
1: yeah um, I don't and speaking of Talamban and her reading them she I don't know if you picked up on it but and, and I don't know if maybe any watchers at home picked up on it because maybe I don't know what kind of speakers or headphones or whatever you may be listening through mm-hmm. but the different I don't know voices that she has because she speaks in like a regular tone and then there's this other tone that she sometimes uses and it sounds a lot bassier.
0: Who are you talking about? Tell them Bond. Oh, really?
1: Yeah. It seems like there's sometimes she's just speaking normally and then there's sometimes she's almost like speaking with some extra power behind her voice.
0: Oh, I know what you're talking about. It's kind yeah. of echoey like... She's saying something and it's like you hear you hear like other tones and things around it. That's what you're talking about. Yeah. 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 I picked up on that. I'm like, whoa. That's when she was talking to. What's the guy's name? The black guy. I don't know, because they have they have peeped. He's back there. He's drawing that thing. Well, I don't. I, I
1: I She was using that those different voices periodically. I don't think she was using it just to talk to the oh, one really? guy who had trapped Salvor. Uh, I think she was
0: using it intermittently no, no, no. throughout this whole scene. Oh, really? See, I picked, picked up on that. Of huh. Yeah. That is interesting. Interesting. Now, heres I don't know if she's pretending to not know what's <laughs> going on with Harry, because he asks her, how much did you see in my Merc? And she's like, enough, dear. And that's a very, very cryptic answer. Like, what does enough mean? You know what I'm saying?
1: Well, I think like you said she's you know you're you're wondering about how much she actually knows but i think in this moment we're basically seeing her take on the same role that harry has been taking on where she's holding back information and, and yep. making him think that she doesn't quite have a complete read on him mm-hmm. she i mean She says he's very hard to read, but that doesn't mean she wasn't able to completely read him. It just may have been a little bit more difficult.
0: That's my point. Like, he's probably walking away with she doesn't really know what I'm thinking or what is in my mind. But she probably does. Which, yeah, I don't I don't know if
1: if you thought this, but when she said that, I was thinking maybe it has something to do with the mystery behind how he's, you know,
0: A human reincarnated. Yeah.
1: Like something to do with whatever Una's world. Yeah. Was able to bring him back to life and the gap in his. His memory. Yeah. His memory between when he Mm -hmm. died and now he's alive all of a sudden. Like maybe that has something to do with the murkiness of his
0: that mind. is very interesting Justin I can't wait again we say this every episode or I say this every episode I can't wait to see what happens next week because things get revealed little by little and so when the guy walks up to her with that that tablet that he's been drawing on right mm-hmm. he has read their minds too and has drawn the prime radiant and then he says he heard Harry tell Gail to hide it,
1: yeah, I mean I, I thinking back on that, um I don't know well, obviously they they know the prime rating exists, right, but mm-hmm. I'm trying to figure out like I think they if they're reading Gail and Salvor so easily and so clearly because they're thinking so loudly, apparently right. Wouldn't they know, even if Harry doesn't know where the Prime Radiant is, like, Gale knows where it is because she's the one who she's hit the it. She's the one
0: who hit it. Right.
1: Like, it w- seemingly would be pretty easy for them to find it, um, even, even though they were apparently trying not to think about it.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, I just feel like... Uh, harry has met his match with her you know she's not she again she's going to be like seraphim like she's not going to be one to be trifled with like don't don't underestimate her and at the end she says you know he reveals that he drew that prime radiant she's like there ain't gonna be no second foundation because i'm going to find that prime radiant and i'm going to break it
1: yeah i wonder what she has against the second foundation maybe well, maybe because is what she, she has against harry. because
0: she doesn't want to be used
1: well, yeah, I was going to th- I was going to say maybe she has it against Harry because she just doesn't want to be manipulated and used like that. Right. Like well all these people have these experiences from their home world and then somehow making it to Ignis, like she's I guess trying to protect all those she's people. She's trying to protect them, exactly. But like what specifically about it because if she's if we're saying that maybe she only just had a, a little bit more difficult time reading Harry she's actually able to understand what Harry's plan is. So like what specifically maybe did she read in Harry that makes it so that she doesn't want this second foundation established?
0: I don't know. I don't know. See, I don't know how much she read because I think she might know more than she's saying, but I think that she already can get an idea that his plan, because she says to him, you know, so, you know, so Ignis and, These sighted people are part of your plan and he said, Yes, they are. And she's probably like in her mind, like, mm mm, now you can go yeah, you can get on out of here with that.
1: Yeah, but I I have a question. Like how she she's gonna do whatever she can do to I guess try and thwart that, but how much is that gonna matter? Because they may find this prime radiant and destroy it.
0: But the other one's still out there.
1: The other one's still out there and also Kale, who apparently is the manifestation of the Prime won. Radiant. Has one. Doesn't herself. she have
0: one? No, oh, she no. is the
1: Prime Radiant. So right. like The other one exists, and Kale exists, so tell him Bond is going to do, I guess, whatever she hmm. is able to do, or whatever she can do to try and thwart this second foundation plan, but how much is that going to
0: matter? I don't know. That's a good question, because it's a lot of there's a, there are a lot of prime, there's a couple prime radians out there. Now, of course, the one on, uh, Terminus, do they have the same information? Because we already know that we got the Vault Harry, which is the first foundation. And then we have the Flesh and Blood Harry. We got to give him a name. What are we going to call him? Real Harry? The Real Harry. <laughs> the Real Harry. So, he he's the one who has the most information so i don't know well that see that that follows
1: along with the question that i was asking i don't know if maybe i asked it last episode but i also was kind of asking it this episode like how connected are these prime ratings uh, right yeah because all of these connections may or may not have an influence or you know impact on how much affect any one thing has on whether or not you know this plan is able to come to fruition right
0: yeah yeah we'll see again as i'll I'll probably say this a hundred more times
1: all will be revealed (laughs) yeah (laughs) i just you know thinking thinking because we know we know that apparently the mule knows that gail has some sort of mentalics because we saw Mm -hmm. um gail zoomed to the future and through her future self and then he was like well where, where where's your mentalics gail which yeah. when we first saw that i thought he was talking about some people like some yeah that she had with her right and maybe he's still talking about that but i think he was more referring to her where are your powers why yeah. are you not using them what yeah
0: we all have to go back to that episode and look at that scene because you're you're absolutely right about that
1: yeah but just thinking about that i was like I hope that Gale doesn't, like, hop to the future again and, like, oh Lord, find some way doesn't. to find, so, find her future self in some sort of another conflict with the mule. And then maybe because the mule is seemingly so powerful, is, like, able to peer through that version mm. of herself into the past version of Gale. Like, maybe he has so much power that he can... You know what? Go all the way through future Gale into the Gale that we see in this season. Oh and then like, <laughs> And then, like, I don't know, mess with Telambon and the sighted people. On you it. know
0: what? I just thought that the mule might be right in that room with Telambon. You think? I wouldn't be surprised if he
1: is. Well, I mean, that, that was the other thing I was thinking about. was like, what is he a part of her sighted? Because... He uses the word mentalics, but we see it telling Bond, say, in the that, you know, that last scene of this episode yeah. that she prefers to call it sighted.
0: Sighted. Exactly.
1: So is he a part of it? Maybe. I don't know.
0: But we don't know. I mean, it's so far in the future, you know, 150 years or something like that, they said. Mm-hmm. Who knows? Maybe they changed the name. You know, I don't know. But we see people can time travel, you know. So I, I'm just thinking in my mind, maybe he's in that room. Maybe he's that kid with the scar around his neck.
1: 150 years old?
0: Uh, Yeah, I mean, we see, look, Polly's (laughs) 130, he's 148 years old, right?
1: Mm
0: -hmm. I'm just saying. So that's basically the end of the episode, people. Yep. Basically the end of the episode. We have a fun fact. I have a fun fact here. This episode was directed by a gentleman named Alex Graves and when i saw that friday or no thursday night i was like "Ooh, alex graves i think he directed a bunch of walking dead episodes <laughs> well, yeah so, yeah you did say that. i was so wrong because i know i've seen his name before and i of course i used to watch uh the walking dead before i had to hate watching it and then i just quit watching it altogether because i was like mm. But then I went and did some research and I was like, ah, that is where I know his name from. He directed six episodes of Game of Thrones. And I was like, that is where I know him from. He's also directed other TV shows. He's been a pro- very, very prolific director. He's directed shows, um, The Practice, uh, The West Wing, House of Cards, Homeland. So he's done... He's done a great he has a great body of work as a director. But I just want to point out some very um, the episodes that he directed that I that I particularly uh, enjoyed. And um, the first one that he did was season three, episode four. And now his watch is ended. And for our Game of Thrones uh, listeners, viewers out there, we know that at the end of that episode is when Daenerys Targaryen. She's with the slaver and he wants to trade her drag she wants to trade his uh unsullied for her dragon. And he doesn't realize that she knows that he's speaking like high Valyrian. And he she realizes that he's just dissing her and shading her this entire time. And at the end of that episode, she has her she has Drogon toast him down to Mere nothing. It's just ashes, and that was one of my favorite scenes in like all of the Game of Thrones episodes. And then he directed two episodes in season four: the infamous "The Lion and the Rose," where Joffrey gets killed. Woohoo! Long <laughs> live Joffrey! No, kill the king. Bye, bye, Joffrey. Yeah, that was one of my favorite episodes. And also another very sad episode, season four, episode eight: "The Mountain and the Viper," where. Gregor Clegane literally pops. Um, oh my god, um, Martell Oberyn Martell. Oberyn Martell's eyeballs out <laughs> during their uh, trial by combat. Yeah. Uh, so, Alex Graves has directed some really cool episodes of the Game of Thrones. So, fun fact there. Um, I didn't. I didn't have a favorite scene in this episode. Did you have one, Justin?
1: maybe the scene between um, day sorry not day but dusk and dawn Mm -hmm. where they're you know talking about the memoriams and then he says he doesn't care what he remembers he cares how he's remembered how he's remembered yeah I guess I that could also be you could also take that as my favorite line
0: mm-hmm okay so, yeah all right cool beans well i have a favorite line and it's basically salvor just saying salvor <laughs> <laughs> like she really was not with this little girl trying to ask her like what her name like listen my name is salvor what and then the girl turns around and says oh salvor hard of terminus and they're like looking at you like whoa God, how, how does how she did you know, know that, that? yeah <laughs> so and for our next bit the episode score do you want it? Do you have a score, Justin? I do. Uh, oh, if oh, you, you don't, do. have... Oh, yeah, okay. Well, yeah, I am gonna have, go have an episode score every episode, so that's part of the segments.
1: Well, what's your score? I'll let you go. I have a four point.
0: I am a four point eight. Oh, yeah, I have bumped it up because this particular episode got gives us a lot of things to ponder. Right? Mm-hmm. How I think I wonder how long has he been planning this foundation and dusks and dawns cataphils of memory like what's what's going on with that right and tell him's knowledge like and you know she says to him we're gonna have to we'll we'll get together and discuss it tomorrow like so what are she and Harry going to be discussing the next day right like what what type of conversation what is that conversation going to look like did they really kill Sarah's family and the last thing I'll say is that the powerful men have met their matches in Sarath and Telum. So, yeah. I can't wait to see how those how those play out.
1: Yeah, I think I'll pretty much agree with the score. Okay. And I, li- I like this episode because um, we see the tensions rising, the tensions between Day and Sarath, mm-hmm. and then Day and Brother Dusk and Brother Dawn. Yep. And then, you know the tensions between um, Harry and Telum, so like the 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 impact that all of these different clashes are going to have I can't wait I, I just I just need answers on <laughs> Kale and what Harry the heck is and going on? how like how any of that stuff that I was v- very poorly trying to explain <laughs> earlier how like how all of that works
0: yeah yeah that is a great big mystery like like this is one of the biggest mysteries of the show you know yeah so I totally agree well I don't have anything else to say about the episode do you have anything else to add sir
1: Mm, no I think that's about it
0: All right. well very good if you like what you're hearing please share the episode with your family and friends on we're on apple podcast spotify for spotify we're on amazon and we're on google Podcasts and probably some others um that i'm not really aware of. but at any rate go on there follow us give us a give us a five-star rating say something nice if you don't you know if you don't have anything else to say just give us five stars and with that being said i think we're going to be signing out all
1: right signing out